Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com, the podcast program in which we study a chapter of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're studying Sefer Eov together and we're now at chapter 19, Perak Yod Tet of Eov. Eov is about to respond to Bildad, who is second of the three friends in the sequence that we have. And this is now the second of the go-arounds of the dialogue. Vayan Eov Vayomar. Here's Eov's response to Bildad. Ad ana tugiyon nafshi, tugiyon nafshi. How long will you cause me pain? The word is from yagon. We will find a lot of interesting uh, words, including some words that are a little bit hard to decipher. This one is not. How long will you cause me pain? And break me down with words. This is ten times that you have shamed me or hurt me. Uh, Rashi here points out t- ten times, if you count from the beginning of the dialogues, this is the eleventh p- uh, port, part in the dialogue. Uh, however, that's a little bit difficult because Eov's claim is against what they're doing to him, and the ten includes, of course, Eov's responses. Simple explanation is Eser Pamim is a common rhetorical flair in Tanakh, uh, like Yaakov says about Lavan, you're not embarrassed and you are treating me like a foreigner. Takru from the word of Nechar. You've treated me like an outsider. These are his good friends who came from a distance to comfort him, according to the story. So if, if indeed I have some error in my ways, Shagiti, a mistake, it will sleep with me, meaning you haven't uncovered it anyways. Even if there's something I've done wrong, which you're saying is the cause of my pain, you haven't uncovered it, staying with me. If you continue to add on to the shaming, and you're just adding on to my embarrassment and degradation, you should know that God has treated me wrongly. He has put his trap around me. And we're going to see all sorts of parables here about God's attack on Eov, which go in different directions and sometimes opposite directions. He's put his trap around me, surrounded me. I cry. Hamas, I cry that I've been robbed and been mistreated and nobody answers me. I cry out, I, I cry for, for help and there's no justice. Or he gadar He has put a fence around my way that I cannot pass. Again, fenced in. And on my road, he's put darkness. The way that I'm walking. Which, by the way, is similar to what Bildad has said about what happens to the Rasha. But of course, Eov's saying, I'm not guilty of anything like that. Kvodi me'alai hifshit. Kvodi here seems to be my clothing. He's taken my clothing off of me. Vayasar ateret roshi. And he's taken off my crown from me. So he's, he's lowered me. And here I am, sitting in the dirt, scraping away my, my, uh, boils, if we connect it to the story. Itseini savivailach. Now, this is now an opposite direction. Beforehand, he fenced me in. Here, he breaks down the wall around me. Natats. And then I walk. I have no protection. And he uproots my future like a tree. Notice, not not that he cuts it off, because then, as we saw earlier in the Mishalim, 
they could be replanted, but it's totally uprooted, and I've got no hope. And his anger boils against me. He treats me and thinks of me like one of his enemies, something we saw back in Parakut Gimel, Oyev. His troops come together against me, and they pave a path in front of me. That's a word that's used in building a siege against the city. And they camp around my tent. So now again, he's fenced in. In the meantime, it's not as if I just have enemies, but also he has distanced all of my brothers from me. And all those who even know me are now consider them strangers to me. They don't know me anymore. All of my close people are gone. All my friends, all the people I knew have forgotten me. The people who live in my house, sounds like his workers and his servant girls, think of me as a stranger. I'm like a stranger to them. I call my own slave and he doesn't answer. I, I, I beg him with my own mouth. Please talk to me, do something, and he won't listen to me. This is, we understand this is existential man sitting in his absolute loneliness. My spirit is foreign to my wife. It seems as if his wife doesn't understand his pain, which dovetails very nicely with what we saw in Perak Bet, but this next piece will turn that around. My begging, my pain, my, my petition involves a deaf ears to the children of my stomach. You know, it's my own children. It sounds as if his children are alive and they're ignoring him, which again does not work with Perak Bet. Gam avilimasuvi. Even little babies have ignored me. You know, sometimes when a person doesn't find his place with his peers, he looks to interact with people of a different age group. Often adults will try to talk to kids. The kids don't want anything to do with him. Akuma vaydabruvi. I get up and they talk about me. Maybe because he's describing his physical pain. So when he gets up, he looks awkward and they, and they talk about him, but they walk away. Tiavuni komete sodi. All of the mortals who are part of my council, part of my private group, my close group, have now rejected me, treated me like an abomination. And the ones that I love have turned against me. I don't have anybody close to me except my skin and my flesh that are stuck to my bones because I'm so emaciated. And I'm only escaping by the skin of my teeth. Uh, as an idiom, it's one that actually translates well, uh, but also the, the notion is the only thing protecting me is my own skin. Now he turns to his friend and says, please have compassion on me. Suddenly he's gone from angry and accusatory to begging. God has acted against me. God's hand has touched me, which means he's effect- afflicted me. Why are you chasing me like God's chasing me? And he, he comes up with a bizarre statement, which is, you won't get satisfaction or be sated from my flesh. It was as if to say, you want to eat me up, but there's nothing left. I wish, would that it were so, that my words could be written down. That they would be put into a scroll and they would be engraved. So Rashi says the way that they would write is they would first carve into rock with a iron pen, and then they would fill it in with lead. 
eight barzel, and then ofaret, lead. La'ad batsur yechatzvun, and that they would be engraved in a rock forever. What I've gone through, my pain. But instead, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Now, evidently, he is referring not to God, but he's referring to somebody who's going to come along and plead his case. Somebody who's going to come along and recognize the wrong that's been done to him. At some point later on, somebody will come. Somebody will stand on the earth, on this earth who will recognize what's been done. And, and my name will not disappear. My story will not disappear, and indeed that's the case here. We're podcasting it. The achar ori nikfuzot. But in the meantime, it's been dug into my skin, not into a book. I see God in my flesh. What that means is I see God's works on my flesh as he's afflicted me. It's written not in a book, not carved in a stone, but carved on my body. I see it. That you don't see it. I see it. My eyes see it, but not on a stranger. None of you understand it. My, my kidneys are, are finished inside of me and in mine. I'm holding it. That's where they are. You don't understand it. You're not feeling it. And then you're saying, so why are you chasing me? What kind of evil roots are there in me that you're looking for? And he turns from his petition to a warning. And this is how he ends. You should be very afraid of the sword, the sword of justice that's coming. Because the anger of these sins is is eventually the sword. So that you should know, and shadun likely has comes from the word din, that you will know that ultimately there is justice. And, of course, justice ultimately rolls back to God, which, of course, puts this entire presentation as something more of a question mark than a statement, but uh, that is where Eov is. We will hear from Sofar now uh, in the last part of the second go-around in the next podcast. Meantime, we should have a wonderful day.